Hello, and welcome to episode number 28 of the Terminal Talk Model Railroad Podcast. I am your host, Tom Conboy, and on this episode of the podcast, I'm going to be giving an update on the Owensville Terminal Oasis District HO scale layout, the Westcott Mine and Mill GN15 layout, and a few other hobby notes as well, so stay tuned. Earlier in February, I was able to participate in a uh, call-in uh, discussion on a recording session for the Model Rail Radio podcast. And uh, in that, uh, in the midst of that discussion, uh, Jim Lincoln was on the segment and got to talking about uh, uh, weathering track and, and, and constructing track. And after the show was over, I uh, made a Skype call with Jim, and, and we got to talking about that a little further. And after talking with Jim Lincoln about it, I decided that... Um, you know, maybe, uh, maybe I need to relook my track ideas. I was telling him about using my old, uh, Atlas Code 100 flux track and, and my old, uh, uh, custom line turnouts. He said, why don't you, if you don't, you know, if you've got a lot of that track left, why don't you just go ahead and salvage the rails off of it and, and hand lay it? Cause we got to talking about how, you know, the one thing about that kind of track, the, the spike heads are just so oversized on Code 100. It really does look very unrealistic. And he got me thinking about it. So this last month in February, I didn't do any work on the layout because I really wanted to think over, do I want to do this? Yes and no. And I'm going to explain a little bit more about what my plans are now after having uh, had that opportunity to discuss uh, track with Jim Lincoln. The big decision I need to make is, do I want to go ahead and, and stop progress on the layout and go ahead and you know, scrap the track, um, recycle the track by you know taking the rails off, and then uh, actually hand laying it. That wouldn't be real difficult. Personally, uh, it'd be kind of fun. I've hand laid track in the past. It is slow and tedious for me. Uh, I'm not very quick at it because I just don't have the experience with it, but it was fun and it really does uh, give your uh, track a, a much better look. And I thought maybe I ought to do this. And, and I thought it wouldn't really, uh, you know, with it being such a small layout anyway, and if you're listening for the first time, this uh, my Oasis District HO scale layout is only a one foot by eight foot. Uh, it's a switching layout, so it's very small. It would add a little more time to the construction of it as well. I've decided I've got a solution that lets me do a little of both. What I'm going to do is for now, I'm just going to go ahead and leave the flux track the way I have it. I was able to um, acquire some of the fast tracks. Uh, I think they're called quick sticks. I'm going to try my hand at scratch building uh, uh, turnouts. And I want to see how that goes. And the way I'm going to do it is on my layout, as you all know, I, I laid it on homosote. I've made it semi-portable if I ever have to move again, which I hope that never happens again. But if it would, it's at least movable. So I've been thinking about, well, maybe what I'll do is I actually have extra homosote if I ever wanted to change the um, the code of the track. I was thinking about maybe going to using microengineering code 83. And then got talking to Jim Lincoln about Code 70 and, and the different codes of track. And I thought, well, you know, maybe what I'll do is I do like Code 83. Code 70 is kind of cool, too. I've been leaning towards that as well. But I could start handling track on that extra homosote I have and literally build the sections that I have. While I'm doing that, continue to build my uh, Oasis district layout with the Code 100 because, again, all the structures that I'm going to use on that are going to be portable. So it would be easily removed. Nothing's going to be glued down and fixed to where I would destroy a structure. So I can continue to work on operating it, testing it out, seeing if I'm going to even like this layout. And if that's the case and it looks good and I want to upgrade the track, 
then it's just simply a matter of switching out the homosote with the new homosote that has the hand laid track on it. And then I'd have to go back, of course, and re-scenic the area. But scenicing's one of my favorite parts of the hobby. So it's, it's almost like getting two uses out of the layout. And there's another reason why I'm doing this. Right now, uh, my financial situation, uh, I'm on a very, very tight budget. So I don't really have the funds to be able to buy all the things I need to start handling everything and get this track up and running to the state I have it currently. If, you know, realistically on my budget and time, the time factors and everything with it, if I started over right now and scrapped all that track, all that Code 100 track and stripped all the rails off and started redoing it, it might be three or four months before I get the layout back up to where it's currently at uh, track status wise. And I don't really want to do that because I'm, I'm kind of getting that urge to set up the cars and start running it all. And of course, I've got my Wetterau Food Services micro layout that I could pull out and operate as well. But I thought, hey, this, I don't know, I just like this idea because this way I can experiment with hand laying track, uh, work on the techniques, get that stuff bulletproof. And then it's just a, simply a matter of swapping out the homosote boards onto the new layout base because everything, again, is designed to be removed. So nothing is permanently fixed in place. It would really be a very simple thing. The only thing that would be sort of a pain would be I'd, I'd have to um, cut the wiring because I'm using the uh, Scotchlock suitcase connectors and all, and that's actually not a big deal. That's that's pretty quick. I hate wiring, but, you know, hey, it's got to be done, so, you know, it's not that big of an issue. But that's an interesting thought, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to stick with my Code 100 for a little while longer, uh, test everything out, and if that really looks good, and I'm really pleased with the operating uh, schematic for, you know, the operating scheme for this uh, layout, then uh, I'll start working on the hand laid track. And one day, as time and funds permit, I'll swap it out, and then I'll have that nice realistic track. And then I get the scenic again. So there you go, uh, getting a double use out of my layout. Another idea with the uh, Oasis layout is actually, uh, this is again due to the conversations I had on Model Row Radio as well as with Jim Lincoln is the idea of my I told you before in a previous podcast that right now the way things are set up in my house and I have very limited space uh, the old bench work I had for my old uh, Owensville terminal layout I'm using it's a domino style bench work uh, two uh, modules that are put together uh, both modules are one foot by four foot making it a one foot by eight foot layout as I got to looking at that, I really could put brackets up on the wall and actually lengthen my run. Uh, this is um, my hobby room actually is doubling as a bedroom as well. I have to have a, a bedroom furniture in there as well uh, as the layout. But actually, the more I start looking around the room and, and broke out the tape measure the other day, I started thinking, boy, I could really increase the run of this. So here's another thing. Now I've got the situation of thinking about, uh, do I want to switch the track? Do I want to hand lay the track? Do I want to maybe just go ahead and start putting up wall brackets and actually put up a whole new layout? Oh, I love this hobby. This just, uh, you know, if you think about this too much, analysis paralysis could really kick in. But man, the opportunities, they're just, even in a limited room, you start saying, hey, I can do this and I can do that. Uh, it's cool. That's one of the reasons why I never get bored with this hobby. But what I was thinking is if I went with this type of layout, and I have to tell you, on a scale of 1 to 10 of 10, I'm going to do this, or 1, this is never going to happen, 
I'm going to put this right now at about a three uh, because I'm probably not going to do this. But I love kicking this idea around. And I'm thinking if I did go with an around the walls, like a shelf layout, I don't want anything too uh, sticking out too far into the room. I've always had a fascination with old branch lines, the old, uh, you know, the, the tracks all weed covered and, you know, an old um, four axle switcher. Uh, moving through the overgrown uh, track those are cool scenes i just i really love that stuff i thought you know this would be a a really neat uh, idea uh, as i've been kicking around some different things there's um there's a gentleman i think his name is charlie duckworth i hope i'm saying his name right he has a uh, model railroad that is um, uh, modeled after the old uh, rock island and missouri pacific lines over in uh, central missouri around eldon missouri Man, that is a cool layout. If you ever get a chance to see that Charlie Duckworth's uh, Mopac Rock Island uh, layout, that's uh, I think it was in an old model railroad planning issue from a few years back. That That's a really inspiring layout. It's just kind of old branch line type uh, look there. And that's what I was thinking about doing. I love grain business. I love seeing uh, hopper cars and, and even the old time, although I'm too young to remember seeing uh, box cars filled with grain that would be cool to model too and just have this uh, old little switcher trundling down the line on an old branch line running out maybe to some old feed mill or a couple old feed mills along the line that's an idea and that's that's really inspiring for me that's something that i've seen a lot of uh, good work on as a matter of fact uh, i believe the latest uh, model railroad planning 2018 I don't remember who the gentleman is that's building layout. He has a branch line type that's got the weed-covered track. I just think that stuff's cool. So that's another idea, too, that I'll be kicking around. Uh, but in the meantime, I've been working on my I've been working on my Westcott Mine and Mill Railway GN15 layout, and I want to talk about that next. The Westcott Mine and Mill Railway is out of the garage. It's in my layout room right now, and I've got to sit it on the table. And, and I'm happy to report that the track is still holding. Uh, it's been sitting out this winter. We've had temperatures ranging from minus 6 degrees Fahrenheit all the way up to 82 degrees Fahrenheit. And so far, so good. The uh, superglue track is holding. The only place I've had an issue is in the back and staging where I had fastened a Caboose Industries turnout throw uh, to throw the uh, turnout throw bar for my uh, turnout back there. It's super glued in place. I put a couple of track nails in and super glued it in place. That's all holding fine, but the paper from the foam core actually curled up from it, so I've had to re-glue that and refasten that down. So I used that half-inch uh, foam core board thinking that it might be a little better than the uh, standard sizes that you find at the store. And I have to be honest with you, the uh, half-inch uh, is actually warping a lot worse. Of course, I've not braced it the way I used to, but I think the other stuff works just as well. As long as you brace it properly, I've had no problems with it. I've had more problems with this half-inch than I have the other. So I brought it in, fixed that, and then I decided to start working on my mill. The mill building is really basic, I'm making it, uh, first of all, the uh, the walls are just foam core, and then I'm going to go ahead and put wood on the exterior of that to make it look like an old wood mine structure. Using old craft sticks, I have uh, two boxes, about 2,000 of those uh, craft sticks, the big, like, tongue depressor type ones, and I'm in the process of cutting those down into scale board sizes and then prepping them with a wash of alcohol and indie ink to give it that worn and weathered look, and then uh, gluing those down, cutting them, sizing them up, putting them in place, and then when I get that finished and I get the structure pretty much the way I want with details, I'll come back over it with a few weathering powders and age it up a little bit. And That's what I'm working on right now with it, and work is going kind of slow. 
I've got other projects that I want to work on as well. So this may be worked on for a few days and it may go back out in the garage for a little while, but we'll see. But it is fun. I am enjoying it. I want to take my time with it to some degree because I want to enjoy the experience as well as uh, try out some different techniques and all. And I'm looking forward to having it finished, though. I'm looking forward to seeing what the finished uh, model will look like. As soon as I work on it some more and some more details come along, I'll be sure to give an update. Time now for show notes, and I want to recommend a podcast I recently found. It's been out a little while. It's fairly new. It's called Bench Time with HO Scale Customs. I've downloaded a few of the episodes. I haven't listened to every one yet, but the ones I've listened to, they talk about fine scale modeling uh, structures in particular. I want to give a shout out to them. I encourage you, if you haven't had a chance to listen to them, find them. I don't have a link for it, but if you have iTunes or you have an Android device, just search for Bench Time with HO Scale Customs, and I'm sure you'll find it on there. It's a father-son team. They've got a lot of information on there. One of the things I really like about it is is when the KitCast disappeared, when Doug Fiscality stopped uh, supporting the show and no longer producing episodes, this is really filling the void. I've always enjoyed the uh, KitCast and talking in particular about structure building. And these guys really focus a lot on structure building so far on their podcasts. I want to give a shout out to them and give a recommendation. If you hadn't had a chance to listen to them, give them a try. Another resource I want to share with you is found on Facebook. You're probably familiar with it, but if not, please check out the Modelers Guild group on Facebook. Modelers Guild really uh, features a lot of fantastic modeling. Uh, If you're into narrow gauge, ON30 in particular, man, some of that work on there is just, what can I say? It's outstanding. It's inspiring. It's motivating. Be sure to check them out. I believe it's a public group, so you can actually check out several of the posts you're not able to like or comment. Check it out. See what you think. See if what I'm saying is not true. If you like it, be sure to join. So check them out. Modelers Guild on Facebook. That's going to do it for episode number 28 of the Terminal Talk Model Railroad Podcast. Be sure to tune in next time on April 1st, 2018. No fooling. April 1st, 2018. Episode number 29 is coming your way. Thanks for listening.